You're listening to the B Fox and B Frank show. Probably going to be our last one for a minute. Um, I am obligated to open the show by saying that coronavirus sucks. Yep. Right now, you would still be in New York, um, the East Coast. I would just be getting a plane back from Las Vegas, celebrating the first weekend of the tournament. Ugh. As it stands, the best we can do is uh, college basketball Reddit 2K8 simulation, where, important note, both Indiana and Seton Hall are still alive, so we will treat that as canon. This is, I mean, that that is the only thing that's saving me, and it's actually outrageous how, you know, excited I am to, to watch those <laughs> games, because I, w- I living and dying with the first four, I mean, that this is the only time I've ever been excited to watch the first four, was those games. I Yeah, I, I resisted initially, I couldn't get excited for the first four, but once the the game started, we started seeing some virtual 15s over 2s. Yep. I, was, I was getting excited, and then, of course, that's just a reminder. It's like, oh my god, what we we're need missing. real sports back. Uh, this, is, this is pathetic. Yeah. Um, there, there are so many simulations going on. First off, fuck Joe Lenardi and his. I'm done with that guy forever. Nothing, nothing he says or does I will look at anymore. That is, that is a scout's honor promise has nothing to do with the fact that he had seen all losing early. Um, but like the New York post ran one with what if sports and that had seen all beat Duke in the final. And that's just like a slap in the face because that would have been awesome. What if um, they're all, I mean, there are just so many different ones that are going on and it's like, what, what do you pay attention to? What is, what isn't, um, you know, if this could have waited a week and a half. Just give us a first round of games. Give us a little something. Not, you know, tease us with five days of March and then, you know, the, the early week of conference tourneys. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the important thing at this point to understand is just none of this is going to bring the actual tournament back, which yeah. is very upsetting for, you know, us as fans. And a lot of players and places like Dayton having all-time seasons. Um, and it's it's difficult with there not being any opportunity for closure. It's always just going to be a, a what-if sort of thing. Yeah. Um, completely outside of the player's control. And that's the hardest part to to accept since obviously not all of these guys are, are going to go on to play in the NBA or anything like that. Um, so not not a controversial opinion, but... Coronavirus sucks. We are an anti-coronavirus podcast for sure. One hundred percent. It it was the right call, but it still sucks. Yeah, like both both can be true. Um, so yeah, Reddit Reddit college basketball. That's all all we've got left now. Yeah, and I mean, I like I am convinced honestly that this is the year. This crazy as, as it's been, and the fact that there's no like truly dominant team. Um, I like Gonzaga was going to win this year. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I will. I will spend all of next year referring to them as the defending national champs. My biggest so, surprise is that they didn't just release a bracket anyway. I mean, I get, I get why they didn't, yeah. but at the same time, like you already had the committee meeting, so why, why not just do it? I mean, there's so many teams like Hofstra who wins their conference tournament but doesn't get to be an NCAA tournament team for the first time in 20 years. Um, so it, it's just interesting to see that decision-making process. And even that they flirted with the idea of bringing the top 16 teams to like a secluded location and just running a tournament, that would have been wild. Yeah. Um, I mean, a couple of things with that. Yeah. 
would have been cool for like a school like Rutger or Penn State, who right. Chet Pamber still hasn't made an NCAA tournament. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna throw that out there. Contract um, negotiation fodder, right there. That's I mean, well, that yeah, that's the thing a lot of people were pushing for because like you know a lot, a lot of coaches' contracts structured with with bonuses for making the tournament, especially at schools that don't have a lot of basketball tradition of right. success. Um, but I understand why they wouldn't, because that just would make people upset more. Um, and I can understand a little bit. It's it's difficult from their perspective with so many conference tournaments not finishing. Um, even if you were to just assume top seed won everything, it's it's a little different. Um, but yeah, and then as far as like the secluded tournament goes, like it became very apparent very quickly that doing stuff like that, like. We initially floated like uh, governor of Ohio saying playing the first four and, and tournament games in Ohio without fans and just with essential personnel. But yeah. he was tied to I mean, vocalize this and you just see watching it. But like Creighton St. John's game, the Big East game that shouldn't have happened anyway, that was technically in front of essential personnel only. But there were a lot of people. No, there was no way to tell just watching on TV. It looked like about the same turnout there would be just quarterfinal game one of the day yeah it's uh there was no easy way to do it there's no right way to do it and that i think it developed so quickly as we've seen over the last i mean it feels like it's been a month it's been two weeks so it's uh it's tough to to see and to deal with but that that was uh the right decision because this thing is is spreading faster than anyone knew and Essential personnel is such like a vague term, especially when you include like family members. All of a sudden, you've still got five hundred different people in an arena, and they're all in close proximity. So uh, there's no there's no right way right way to figure it out. Yeah. Um, so stuck doing this for probably forever, which yeah. is a shame for a number of reasons. Because I mean, at this point, a potential threat of you know college football being pushed back. Is, is not something I'm ready for. No, um, I can't handle that right now. It's it definitely, like, it seems like we're still in the very, very early stage. I mean, LMBF basketball was well on its way to a championship season. We'll never know yep. now. Because I'm sure that league's never starting up again. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's, yeah, a lot of victims here. Plenty. There's still a lot going on in college basketball, though. It's not all, it's not all doom and gloom. It's true. Depending, on, I guess, depending on uh, on how you look at it or who you're a fan of. Yeah, the, the the global pandemic is bad, but within the world of college basketball, you gotta be. It, it has to bring you some joy to see Slick Rick back in action in just outside of New York City, no less. Slick Rick Patino, yeah, Iona. Um, so this this is what I was saying to some of my friends when the hire was made. I said Kevin Willard could be a hot commodity this year or next year. Iona has been basically the feeder school in every single sport or facet for Seton Hall. We've taken athletic director, president, men's and women's basketball coach in the last decade from there. Is is Rick Pitino on his way to South Orange, New Jersey? I am seeing a pattern. Yeah. I am seeing a pattern there. So Where there's smoke, there's fire, they say. Yeah. And also, I don't believe for a second Pitino said like this would be his last job or like last stop in his career yeah he wants to finish somewhere higher than iona 
Absolutely. I, I think I was a, a fine basketball program, made the NCAA tournament, but it's like Rick we're talking about. Like he's he's gonna wanna at least step into wade back into the waters of power six and kinda see if he can make more of a national impact. I would love to see him in the American. I don't know where, but somewhere in the American conference would be absolutely incredible. I'm trying to think now. I mean Temple would have been great, but they already made a good hire. Um if he can unseat Frank Hayes. And just Ooh. bring it, bring Tulsa back. <laughs> Go from one to the other. I was going to say, DePaul would also be a fun spot for uh, Rick Pitino. Yeah. yeah, in the Big East, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that would. Still still in the uh, big city sort of vibe, um, if he misses New York. But yeah, I mean, someone is going to have to do it at some point. Spring, bring DePaul back. Yeah, a, a respectable level, basically like the first month and a half of this year. Um, it's probably going to take someone who is attached to a significant amount of controversy to make that happen. So, most likely, why not Patino? It it just feels right, you know. It, it it's as, as as right as something can. Yeah. yeah, Tulsa SMU wouldn't be bad. I'm just trying to look through real quick. UCF. I don't know if he's really a Florida guy, though. No, and Johnny Dawkins, like this year, was obviously a step back that was going to happen, but that's largely been a pretty good program under him. Yeah. Um, I don't know. A lot of a lot of weird teams in the American, like South Florida. If, if, if Penny Hardaway got on the hot seat real fast, I would love to see him at Memphis. Oh man, very realistic. That would be so much fun. Yeah, or just somewhere random like East Carolina. That's a that's a sleeping giant of a basketball program. Right it there. is <laughs> that the hotbed there. In... I mean, they're they're phenomenal against the spread. They were they're my go-to in the American this year because they'd be underdogs by like fifteen points every game. They had some talent too. Devontae Gardner is pretty good. That's literally the only player I know on that team. Um, <laughs> They've got some talent. They do. I mean, player. there are other guys outside of him, but he is he is like the guy. He was the go-to guy all yeah. season long. Yeah, I mean, you you forget how like pretty massive the American is. Like, there's there's a lot of shitty teams down at the bottom. Like, R.I.P. Ron Hunter just went to to go die at Tulane. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So if Rick Pitino wants to move up to a better program, he will be able to essentially. Like, even even if he he coaches one year at Iona and you know team doesn't match whatever, he'll he'll still his track record is impressive enough that you know he'll have suitors but i think this was just something that makes sense to him from a geographic standpoint just kind of getting his foot back in the door and yeah kind of going from there uh it's Jaden gardner by the way i'm i messed up he's only a sophomore so he'll be back um but yeah i guess the, the the mac is one of the weirdest conferences in all of college basketball routinely especially at the mid major uh, of all the mid majors does this does this put Iona as the preseason favorite, like regardless of what the roster looks like, or is it? Does Slick Rick have to make his moves this offseason? I mean, he's already landed, I think, one or two commitments this week. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty similar to a uh, Jim Calhoun situation, mm-hmm. except Iona actually has had basketball before Patino got there, so right. starting off with that much more of an advantage. Um, yeah, I, it's always difficult for me because I. I I'm tempted to pronounce it differently than the Mac that is near and dear to us. Right. 
the Mid American. This is a Maction. This is Mac shit. Uh, Mac with yeah, Mac with two A's. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's solid programs up there. Um, like Sienna, going back to uh, the Fran McCaffrey days. Yeah, always been always been a, a tough out, but it I own is within the mix um, each and every year, and obviously they've had several strong coaches in a row that has helped with that. Patino is obviously another one. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if I was a buddy man and I knew that next season would happen as scheduled, I would uh, probably throw a future down. I like it. I like but, uh, it. I like I to have, hear it. I haven't bet in a minute, as you can understand, since sports are not happening. So. It's, it's been too long. It, honestly, it's, yeah, it's been like a week and a half. All right. Slick Rick, Iona. Um, so, there. Our our favorite brother, Bryce Drew, Grand Canyon, the failed uh, experiment with Dan Marley. Yeah. Uh, the, there's always a little bit of, or there's always been the last couple of years, a little bit of early season buzz. And they'll they'll play a high-profile opponent close and come up just short, and then we just never hear about them again the rest of the year. Yeah. Part of that is due to the fact that New Mexico State just owns that conference so much um and it's it's gonna it's gonna take a lot i think for that to become anything more than a one-bit league but yeah marley was uh came in with a lot of expectations and promise and just couldn't get him over the hump so let's see if if bryce drew gets it done had mid-major success obviously vanderbilt hasn't really worked out for the last few coaches they've tried to hire there so Mm this will be a a reset opportunity for him for his career he's just like the next guy we'll talk about, it took a little bit of time just to try his hand at announcing for ESPN, but clearly that's not what he ultimately wanted to do. Yeah, I think uh, a few different things. Grand Canyon is an interesting school because it came out of nowhere, basically, and everyone was like, you got to watch this school. It's huge. It's beautiful. Kids love it there. Everyone's going to want to transfer. It's going to be like the next big thing. Hey, nothing like for-profit institutions. Agreed. Agreed. It's like University of Phoenix just cleans up every year. Yeah. Um, and they're playing in such a, I don't want to say winnable league, but it's its certainly a not a good one. I mean, Utah right. Valley, Cal State, Bakersfield, Missouri, Kansas City don't Chicago necessarily... State. Yeah, I, I skipped them strictly because of the fact that they, they haven't won. I don't think they've ever won a league game, or if they have, it's been a long time. Um, yeah, it's, they feel like the WCC mega light, like they've got one team that is clearly the best and will keep winning. And it's like up to New Mexico state to kind of set the tone and tell all the other schools, like they need to pick their shit up so that we can get, you know, better net rankings and you got to go play some teams and do this, that, the other somehow get like a TV deal out of it to pay for facility upgrades, something along the way. Obviously, Grand Canyon doesn't need that, and they've got, like, one of the most electric arenas in all of college basketball. It's just the product on the court has not even been close to what they expected. I will agree the the letters W-E-S-T are in the conference name. <laughs> yes. There, there is. Um, yeah, New, New Mexico State has to take a big step forward to kind of get to that point, because I think the evolution of the WCC over the last decade plus is... You know, St. Mary's is, is kind of always consistently there as a second bid. And then once yeah. you brought over BYU from the Mountain West, that, that kind of helped. I don't know. Anybody who might be looking to move uh, 
to the WAC, but I mean, they, they've been kind of the victims in conference realignment used to have, you know, Utah state at the, the height of, of their powers before the more recent run, they were always kind of the, uh, the program to watch in the whack and usually moved over to the mountain West, which is generally a more solid league. So I don't know if the whack on its own is really ever going to get to that point. I feel like if anybody gets to an especially strong enough uh, basketball program, they are always going to be at risk, at risk of being poached by somebody bigger. But if Grand Canyon can somehow under Bryce Drew turn into a consistent challenge every year against New Mexico state, that would certainly help to enhance the profile nationwide. Yeah, and that ties together the point at large that I was trying to make of New Mexico State doesn't have a – New Mexico State is Gonzaga. There is no St. Mary's in that league. There is no one really yeah. pushing them at that point. The second-best team this year was Cal Baptist, who is newly Division One and couldn't even play in the NCAA tournament. Um, so, I actually – slight tangent off of that thank god they didn't let merrimack in because could you imagine first year getting to the ncaa tournament and then having it canceled be real disappointing i would uh be you would hate to see that that is something you would actually hate to see um but going back to it my tying my point together grand canyon needs to be that team to become the saint mary's to new mexico states gonzaga or even take over but they need two, at least two solid teams that are fighting it out, you know, 20 plus wins, you know, maybe one or two losses to each other. And it's going to be a good like conference title game that we say everyone should be watching um, until they get to that point, though. It's hard to it's hard to see anything really evolving out of the whack. Yeah, save for, you know, Cal State Bakersfield making a tournament upset in the whack tournament one year. This league's largely been a foregone conclusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously. Gotta try to change that. There's always the sleeping giant that is Chicago State as well. Yeah, fast asleep. <laughs> one, one, one day. Um, Andy Kennedy also leaving TV, going to UAB. Um, Blazers still chilling. Ole Miss had a rough year this year and year two under Kermit Davis. That I don't know if Andy Kennedy is the vengeful type, but he might have been happy to see. So right. Told to Jamie Dixon going back to his alma mater. Um, Blazers have had some some limited basketball success over the last decade or so. Um, I mean, this is a this is a fairly big name get for them. Yeah. So I feel like this will this will only help to enhance their profile further. So Andy Kennedy's career, he has had just one season under five hundred, and that was his last at Ole Miss. He was eleven and sixteen. He won twenty games in all but three of those seasons, and one of them he won nineteen. Made the NIT a few times, uh, the NCAA a couple times. He's he's had success where he goes. Yeah. Tough crowd. He's he's a winner, and uh, especially you know it, it's surprising because he did have a winning record in SEC play as an Ole Miss head coach, and he was definitely coaching during some of the heavy hitter days of the SEC. Though there are some very good Florida and Kentucky teams going around at that point. All that said, this is a really great hire for UAB it'll be interesting to see where he what route he takes in terms of building his roster if he's looking for um, high major guys that are trying to get out and go to a mid-major school or if he is going to go juco like like our guy Fred Hoiberg over at uh, Nebraska or is he going to just grassroot it and develop talent from the state I mean he is 
Uh, let's see. He is from, I believe, Mississippi. Yeah. So he is right in that Alabama, Mississippi area where he grew up and has coached for a long time. He knows that region of the country. And if he can, you know, find a couple under-recruited guys, UAB can be a problem in a an interesting league for sure. Yeah, it's an area he's very familiar with, which will definitely help. And that's, that's such a big part of fit for a lot of these new head coaches and, and why we kind of scratch our heads at high regions where that doesn't add up, a la Mike Anderson at St. John's this past year. Yep. Um, but, yeah, it should be, should be a good fit there. And, yeah, like, he was coaching in the SEC when the SEC was at its best. Um, so, I mean, this this is a step-down competition. It'll be a chance for him to show off his coaching chops once again, and I, I think it'll be a good fit. Potential staff hiring, hear me out here, in terms of a uh, director of player development or assistant coach type role, um, since I did a quick Wikipedia search and it does not appear that he is playing overseas anymore. But former player Marshall Henderson. Oh, talk about talk about getting a, a video coordinator right there. Now he he would be an interesting pick too. I cannot as a motivator. I can see him actually being yeah. decent. It just like a in practice guy, really getting really getting the guys going for drills and uh, you know scout team certainly could play a good scout team. But I don't hate that idea. He uh, I don't know what his I don't know that he'd be a great coach, but he certainly is a motivator, like you said, and uh, you'd be entertaining on that bench <laughs> just to yeah. be able to see every once in a while. Good good for the culture. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's that's all the thoughts I had on Andy Kennedy. Yeah, I don't have any others. Let's see, B- BY or excuse me, UAB, not BYU. UAB last made the NCAA tournament in fourteen fifteen, so they got a little ways to go. Yeah, it's. I mean, you, you don't really hear a, a ton about the uh, about Conference USA um, in basketball, but they're outside they're of Western they, Kentucky. Yeah, Western Kentucky, Louisiana Tech's had a, a solid squad the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, it's Conference USA used to be a very, very good league um, back when we were kids, and then yeah, you know, the initial Big East realignment really took a lot of that out. Um, yeah, so uh, Andy Kennedy will, will have to try to change that because yeah, really, really anything you can think of is uh, Western Kentucky. Wow, said Conference realignment really screwed the pooch on that. Uh, so you don't have you know the likes of Cincinnati or decent to Paul anymore. They do have a national, a former national champ, though, in UTEP. Yeah. So that's it'd, be, it'd be cool if they still went by Texas Western. It would be. It would be much yeah. better. Uh, the, uh, every once in a while, I think I feel like it's every three years or so, you hear something out of Conference USA, like Middle Tennessee State had a couple decent wins. Yeah. Um, Marshall obviously had the Elmores, uh, but Old Dominion is up and down sometimes. That's about it, though. Like, the Florida schools don't really offer a ton. Yeah, last I can remember from Old Dominion is when they narrowly lost to Butler in the first round on Butler's march to the, the national championship game. Yeah. The year they beat Pitt in the second round. The most I can remember about Old Dominion is beating Virginia Tech in football. That's how little I remember <laughs> yeah. Old Dominion basketball. That is, uh, I would say that's probably true for most people, so don't feel bad. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, transfers are still happening across football and basketball. Um, it's obviously a little difficult right now with recruiting in general and also, you know, recruiting grad transfers. But we do we do have one big one, um, Seth Towns out of the Ivy League, Harvard. Hasn't played the last couple of years, which raised some concerns. But last time he did play, he was the Ivy League Player of the Year. Very athletic wing. Got it down to um, Duke and Ohio State. And uh, big gut for Chris Oldman. Seth Towns is going to Ohio State right as they're officially losing DJ Carton. Yeah, fill the void with a, uh, a definitely an experienced and talented player when he can stay on the floor. Native Ohio, Ohioan, Ohioan. I don't even know what it is. Buckeye. Yeah, <laughs> Native Buckeye. Um, man, my brain is already in off-season mode. I couldn't could not come up with that any slower. Uh, kids going home. It's nice to see Tommy Amaker. I mean, the talent he gets and then how little he does with it is astounding. Up at Harvard. Granted, there have been issues with injuries and whatnot, but for all the big names he's brought in, and we're gonna talk. I will mention, I'm sure, another one in a few minutes that's coming out as a transfer. The Crimson really don't have much to show for it. Uh, Ohio State definitely needed this, and it's the start of big get season. So every player, transfer, recruit that comes in at this point in the year, every single analyst calls it a big get. Yeah, guilty. But also... that actually, This actually is a big get, though. Yeah, there is, there's also very little to be positive about right now. Right. So. People are going to uh, overreact a little. Yeah, that is that is for sure. And yeah, that's absolutely true of uh, Tommy Amaker. Even going back to his Michigan days, kind of part of the problem too. Um, and he was probably just because I was so young at the time, but I always remembered his teams as you know being like pretty good. Probably because I was an Illinois fan at the time, and Michigan would always beat them. But mm-hmm. history has not been kind to him. Um, Really left the program in in pretty rough shapes. The fact that Beeline was able to have as much success as he did fairly early in his tenure was uh, was pretty impressive. But yeah, like we remember, obviously the um, you know the the NCAA tournament wins, um, obviously a huge upset over New Mexico, um, took down Cincinnati in the first round. But like realistically, with the the type of talent that is pouring through that program, it's much better than you know, what you would expect to be Ivy League caliber. Like, they should just be a, a mainstay in the NCAA tournament every single year. Right. I mean, there's basically no one in the Ivy League that lands top 100 or top 150 guys. I think Princeton landed Jalen Llewellyn or something a year or two ago, and he was a top 100 guy. I don't even know if he's still on the roster there. But um, that was basically the only other time I've seen anyone in the Ivy League land top talent like Harvard has. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. And obviously, like, injuries do play a part of it. Um, you mentioned Towns been out the last couple of years. Bryce Aiken, who's going to be a grad transfer now, has, has missed some time with injury. But even so, like, not really. Uh, yeah. They're, they're kind of an afterthought for, for most of, of the country. And with the talent that largely getting there um, should not be the case. And it's not like the Ivy League is a bad conference. But well, it's it's always but yeah a matter of perspective like who it is. I mean, it's it's just something they should be doing some somewhere they should be doing better, and uh, it just hasn't quite happened yet. 
I mean, yeah, he's got a pretty good record there, 250 and 138, but it's yeah, been no, and- since 2014 that they last, 2015 that they last made the NCAA tournament, and he's had arguably his best recruiting since then. Yeah, no, he's, he's had a fine record. Like, Tommy Amaker should not be in any danger of losing his job at Harvard. No. Because, you know, in, term, in terms of one loss record, they, they can't really have any complaints. It's more about, like, we see what you're bringing in. You're doing a great job bringing these guys into the program. But, like, the, the next it. step really would be just this is this is a huge talent advantage on, like, the rest of yeah. the conference for the most part. So should be seeing, like, significantly more postseason appearances if, if we don't even want to say wins. Um, right. But – yeah, apparently not. Not what's happening. No, not not quite. Um, but yeah, he he's certainly comfortable where he's at, and I think it's not even at a point where they have to worry about him leaving because I don't know where he would like who would be interested in him at this point. I can't really think of anyone. I mean, you could you make a lateral move for sure, but he's not yeah. gonna like. He's know, not. He's not, he's not like a poachable it. guy. No, he's the yeah. No, like. Yeah, the only thing that you do that could potentially help elevate his career is go spend a couple of years as an assistant for Coach K and then go back out and get a, a better job than Harvard. But Yeah, that, I mean, he could go back to where he started. That's what he did originally. Yeah, no, like that's, that works. That's, yeah, the Coach K rehab facility. Yeah, like it's, it's a thing for a reason. Um, Wichita State, now that we're done with it. Uh, actually, yeah. last mention of the Ivy League. Top four grad or immediately eligible transfers are all Ivy League players, which has to be the first and only time it will ever happen. But that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a wonderful, wonderful time in history. Not for the Ivy League, but for for everyone else who's going to be reaping the benefits. Right. Yeah. Um, but Wichita State, woof. Uh, six or se- I can't even remember where it ended, but I believe it's six transfers um, off the roster, including some of their best players. It. I don't know what necessarily happened. You can kind of see the writing on the wall a little bit with how they stumbled down the stretch and just looked so out of sync all year offensively. But Greg Marshall has a lot of work to do in a changing American conference. I don't know what way to put it, but it feels like there there's a lot of uh, uncertainty at the top. Yeah, um, it's... It's a it's a better conference than the one they used to be in, um, significantly so. And yeah, Greg Marshall, Porter Moser, another guy can throw in there. Like they should have left to better jobs. Yeah, like, a while ago. Um, there there was a time where Greg Marshall was the hottest commodity in the coaching market, and justifiably so. Had a couple of phenomenal seasons, um, and more than a couple. And yeah, had he. Had he left when his, even if his stock was not at its highest point, there were a few years where he could have left to better jobs. He, he chose to just double down and kind of make this his home, try to turn it into a national power like Mark Few has at Gonzaga, which is not as easy as people would think. Right. Um, he's kind of at the opposite end of the spectrum now, or has a ton of, had a ton of talent within its program, but it's all leaving. And, if he had options, this would be a great time to get out, but I don't think he really does. It doesn't seem like it, and he's a South Carolina guy, so like, if Frank Martin hadn't turned the season around in SEC play, maybe there's a discussion there, but... Yeah, 
or Clemson if they hadn't yeah. beaten like every good team in the ACC. <laughs> right, all three of them. Um, yeah. and, and got the. I counted UNC in there just because it, it broke the streak. But yeah, right. They were, they were obviously not a good team this year, but you can't. It, it was it was not a good season overall, but you can't fire Brad Brunel. No. Um, after that, and honestly, I think with the coronavirus, that there's going to be significantly fewer coaches fired than there would be in a normal year. Yeah, I I, I think conference tournament disappointment does not lay into some of those higher power leagues, you know, getting rid of some guys. Hell, there was even talk that Dave Leto was getting an extension, and he finished last again in the Big East. I said how low the bar is. Got a, got a win over last year's national runner-up. Yep. Um, got a beat-down win over uh, first-team All-American and Luca Garza. Like, we're... Contract. De- DePaul, DePaul's taken any big wins they can get. They um, are. So. And they beat Butler when a, they were that's true seventh maybe one of like their two big East wins on the year yeah um yeah it's it's not about where we finished it's, it's about the friends we made along the way that is, <laughs> it is. that is the DePaul AD's uh, perspective like Ray Meyer isn't walking through that door so gotta gotta take what we can get from the basketball so I'm trying to do a little quick math here this is this is back to Greg Marshall in Wichita State. He was 28-37 and 37 in his first two seasons. Uh, overall, he is 337 and 119, which would make that, what, 309? And like 70 losses? Let's see, two, 82 losses. He's 309 and 82 since 2009, 2009-2010. Obviously, like you mentioned, his stock was highest when he had, you know, three straight 30-win seasons coming off, a Sweet 16, all that. And uh, when he didn't make the move, now it seems like he's destined to be middle to upper tier of the American. I don't know if they're really going to turn a corner. Definitely not next year. I mean, there were a 23-win team this season. I would be absolutely stunned if he was able to get 20 wins out of his team next year, which would be the first time since... The first time in over a decade that he didn't win 20 games at Wichita State. Yeah. I mean, if if you were able to somehow pull that off, then his stock would be yes. crazy high once again. So that would be an unbelievable coaching job. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you. I I struggle to see that happening realistically. Um, yeah, like he's kind of similar situation to Tommy Amaker in that obviously not in any danger at the school he's currently at, but yep. it's going to be tough for him to – move too much higher at the moment. I think the programs we talked about, like South Carolina high major schools or power six schools about at that level, kind of lower tier of the high major group. I feel like any one of those teams would happily take a flyer on him. Mm-hmm. At this point, he's, he's had a ton of success and certainly more than a lot of high major programs have had like ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the days where he was getting discussed for, you know, truly elite jobs i don't think that's currently very realistic and it's going to be incredibly tough sledding for him to regroup from this kind of scrounge something resembling a a 21 team together with whatever scraps he ends up left with yeah this will this will be an interesting year or two for him to see where he you know how things work out and where he ends up because he meaning the program um, obviously he's not going anywhere unless he decides to just up and leave, but I, right. again, that would be the most shocking part of all this. Yeah. I don't see that happening. Um, 
So yeah, he's got he's got a lot of work to do, <laughs> and it is does not look great. Yeah, tough, tough times in Wichita. So that is it's unfortunate for Greg. Hate hate to see it. But presumably there's some bigger underlying issue that we just have no information about because otherwise that's a pretty random coincidence that just so many guys would choose right. to transfer out of out of a program that. You know, at least, at least our knowledge, no, no big scandals or anything like that. Right, and for the most part, it seems like his players have liked playing for him. So I Definitely. don't, I don't necessarily know where the riff is. I mean, is it a locker room thing? Is it something else? We're obviously not ear to the ground on Wichita State basketball, but there are, uh, there are folks yeah. closer to that might know. Yeah, um, so something to keep an eye on for sure, especially in the next several weeks where there's not going to be much sports news to speak of but interesting to see get a little more information on that whole situation because i feel like there there just has to be more there yeah but But, in in any event going to be a pretty significant loss for for greg marshall and with a lot of teams at the top of the american improving year over year it's going to take uh like you said one of his better coaching jobs to try to keep pace so see if he can pull that off it's a hefty transfer market so we'll see who can uh who can scoop up some some big players that's for sure and yeah that's could unfortunately be much of the the sports action we see over the next i don't even want to say <laughs> next time period <laughs> insert time frame yeah so we are going to be getting very into uh College sports video games, because yep. what else are we going to do? Uh, I've, I've been watching a lot of replays on uh, on ESPNU, seeing the, the watch shot game twice now, Yep, like the last week. Um, so not complaining about that. There was one day where it was honestly like three or four Kentucky losses in a row, so that was wonderful. <laughs> but they're, uh, they're still nothing better than the real thing. Um, it's, it's upsetting that we have to wait – Almost another 365 days for the NCAA tournament, but we, so we, will, <laughs> we will power through. Oh, so man. Um, but, yeah, that's that's all I've got. Yeah, so we haven't decided what we're going to do in the interim yet. Um, we might start doing this monthly if there is news. enough news to talk about or just to keep ourselves entertained. Um, but for now, thanks for listening to another season. Um, we will... For sure, be back um, when football is back around. But you might hear from us before then. But again, thanks for listening, and uh, we will we will all get through this. We will. <laughs>